Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 43, MK Ultra, part one. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello and welcome again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell and I am here with... Zena. The warrior princess and I are going to help you take the red pill today. Yes, we're going to help you swallow that pill. You know, it just occurred to me that the, the logo colors are red and black, kind mm-hmm. of for the red pill. And that little microphone shield I made for you is... It is red and black. I didn't just, just now I saw it. I thought, oh, that matches our logo. <laughs> so that's cool. We had a little shield we made to keep sound levels proper. and uh, But we're glad you could join us today, folks. We are here again to go into some conspiracies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> More of that. Uh, we were talking about uh, last week, Hydra, Hail Hydra. We, we called did. the episode. We we're looking at those which are the operative arm of the satanic global elite. And today we're going to get into one of those umbrellas, if you will. It's called MK Ultra, And all of HYDRA, in my opinion, whether it's uh, MK Ultra is essentially a CIA mm-hmm. project, uh, but whether it's um, government, whether it's academia, whether it's the, uh, the entertainment industry, whatever, their modus operandi is to distract and to blind you from the spiritual realm. Satan does not want us believing there is a spiritual realm at all. His best trick is to convince the world he doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, there was actually a, a TV program on uh, right before we began our recording uh, today about evidence of the giants. And uh, there was uh, some people that were researchers, not from a biblical perspective at all, just a scientific research team okay. that discovered some bones in the country of Georgia, not the state, over near Russia. And they got permission to go dig up these bones, and they traveled through this forest for hours. It was real hard to get to, very remote, very inaccessible. And once they finally get there and they get to the site where these bones were found, they get a phone call from some governmental agency in that country that said, no, you don't have permission to do it. After all that trekking through, oh, you know. That is the worst. And the guys start thinking, they're trying to hide something from us. And I think it's from the time immemorial, powers that be try to keep spiritual truth from coming out. Because if they did find evidence of giants and bones and that became known to the world, that gives credibility to the word of God. Yes. You know, and most of Satan and his angels are trying to deny anything true in the word of God. So we're going to get into MK Ultra today because we're going to find out this is a project that was started by the CIA. And it's all about mind control. And it's still, even though the project was supposedly disbanded, 
back in like the 70s. Mm-hmm. Some form of it is going on as we speak. And what you're seeing in the world today with all the uh, propaganda is essentially the, the continuation of that. So we're going to focus on that one. Now, we're going to start with a passage of Scripture because my aim is always to show our listeners any, anything we're going to try to present from what's going on around us, we're going to try to tie back to the Word of God. Okay. Because my expertise is not really in conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. You know, my expertise is in the, in the Scripture to the extent that I can try to make sense of what's going on in the world around us. Second Corinthians chapter 4 was written by the Apostle Paul, and he said these words, But if our gospel be hid, verse 3, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which is the image of God, should shine unto them. So in other words, Satan is in the business of blinding minds and to prevent them from seeing light, seeing the truth. Well, the way you do that is through mind control. You know, whether he's used religion to do it or government or science or you name it, it's always been to try to distract people from the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately, there's a book called Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, chapter 10, verse 20. The last verse of that chapter says, curse not the king, no, not in thy thought, and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber, or we would say bedroom. Okay. Now, here's the rest of the verse. For a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. Have you ever had anyone, Zena, tell you, you ask them, how did you know that? And they said, a little bird told me? All the time. You, you know where that comes from? No. This verse. Oh. It's from the Bible. A bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. A little bird told me. What did the little bird tell you? The little bird went and told the king you were cursing him in your bedchamber. And the next thing you know, you're under arrest. And you're being executed or thrown in prison or something. The point being, those that have power have ears everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Obviously, birds don't talk. Yeah. Well, some do. <laughs> right. Yeah, right? What is it? Uh, parrots? Yes. <laughs> Polly want a cracker? Mine of hers, right? But... Those parrots don't actually tell people secret things. <laughs> they you never spoke know. Against the king. <laughs> so these birds are actually spies. Okay. So that brings up our own illustrious Central Intelligence Agency. I fully expect to have some men dressed in black knocking on my door here soon. <laughs> but in my defense, the former CIA director, William Colby, himself head of the CIA, mm-hmm. said these words. The CIA owns everyone of any significance in the major media. Now, why would he say that if it wasn't true? He means it. So that means that are those newscasters and journalists actually looking to show you the truth or are they being told what to say? That's the question we have to ask. They're being told what to say. I'll give you the answer. You better believe it. (laughs) You better believe it. So why are they being told what to say? Well, that brings us to MKUltra. It is the code name given to a program of experiments on human subjects that were designed and undertaken by the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency, some of which were illegal. 
By the way, almost all of them were illegal. This is, I'm actually reading this <laughs> verbatim from Wikipedia. Yeah. So you know they're going to be controlled by the yeah, CIA. Yeah, they're like, Ed, it wasn't that bad. But so they're going to try to paint it, yeah. <laughs> Experiments on humans were intended to develop procedures and identify drugs such as LSD to be used in interrogations in order to weaken the individual and force confessions through brainwashing and psychological torture. The project was organized through the Office of Scientific Intelligence of the CIA and coordinated with the United States Army Biological Warfare Laboratories. Bowsers. Other code names for drug-related experiments were Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke. Now that's what anybody can look up on Wikipedia right now. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're letting you know because they control Wikipedia, right? So that means what they're not telling you, they did far worse. And I can't expose all of that, but I know some people who can, right? Mm -hmm. So before we go any further, we're going to go back to the Bible again in John chapter 8. There's an interesting passage here in verse 44. Christ was saying to some of those prophets and priests and whatever that we were talking about last week, that were involved in a conspiracy, right? And he said in verse 44, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, the devil, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So he's the father of the lie. Because he told the first lie. He told the first lie, and he's going to tell the last lie. Mm-hmm. You know? So the idea is who he controls can't speak the truth. There's no truth in them because there's no truth in their father, right? So just as these religious leaders were hydra of their day, today we have a different hydra. Instead of a religious priesthood, it's a media priesthood. Mm-hmm. It's a propaganda arm. Now, in studies that began in the late 1940s and early 1950s, the U.S. military began identifying and testing truth serums like mescaline and scopolamine on human subjects, which they claimed might be useful drug interrogations of Soviet spies. These programs eventually expanded to a project of vast scope and enormous ambition centralized under the CIA in what would come to be called Project MKUltra, a major collection of interrogation and mind control projects. Now, I'm going to keep reading these words because this is cited from another website, but I want to let my listeners know that MKUltra started in the late 40s because when World War II ended and all of the Nazi war criminals were brought up on charges at the Nuremberg trials, Of the hundreds of war criminals that were involved in human experiments and torturing and murders and just unspeakable atrocities, only 19 were executed. The rest were allowed to go free, many of whom went to the country of Argentina to hide, and several of whom were brought over to the United States by the CIA so that they could take their work and create these projects. We have a very 
bad history. Of the well, the deep state of the United States has mm-hmm. a bad history. We got plenty of blights on our on our past, but this is among the worst, you know. Yeah. Continuing on, inspired initially by delusions of a brainwashing program, the CIA began thousands of experiments using both American and foreign subjects, often without their knowledge or against their will, destroying countless tens of thousands of lives and causing many deaths and suicides. Funded in part by the Rockefeller and Ford Foundations and jointly operated by the CIA, the FBI, and the intelligence divisions of all military groups. This decades-long CIA research constituted an immense collection of some of the most cold-blooded and callous atrocities conceivable in a determined effort to develop reliable techniques of controlling the human mind. They did not care who they hurt and who they destroyed. These are the words of the author Larry Romanoff, who writes uh, many articles about this at a website called unz.com. U-N like Nancy and Z like zebra. So what were they after? Well, mind control is satanic control. Yeah. Okay. Satanic control. Uh, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So devices are schemes. Okay, and a device is some tool mechanism that you're going to use to accomplish an end. Well, if his end is to blind the minds of them that believe not. And remember, Satan can't just walk into a room and chop your head off. Right? Yeah. He's a spiritual being limited in his capabilities by God himself. OK, but he's still the adversary. So he didn't kill Abel, the first murder. He was a murderer from the beginning. We just read he had his brother Cain kill him. His twin brother killed his killed Abel. Oh. How did that happen? Well, Cain was of that wicked one. Satan got control of his mind yeah. and tempted him and caused him to, he used his anger, his envy, whatever, against him. So we're not ignorant of his devices. Well, to me, these projects were started because they began to look into the psychology of how you can manipulate people to do something contrary to their will. And hence we get a phrase that uh, some of our listeners will have heard of before, not everybody. It's called Manchurian Candidate. And basically it was a movie about a guy that they found out through these projects how they could control his mind. And he was groomed to be the guy that would shoot the president. And so he was running for office and everybody loved him and he was like the perfect candidate. And yet when they said a certain code word, it turned on this mind control thing and he just takes a gun and he goes and he kills the president, right? Or whoever the opponent was that they wanted taken out in the first place. Yeah. That way they've got plausible deniability. They were never anywhere near the scene. This guy goes to jail for the crime and he didn't even know he did it because they brain controlled him or brainwashed him when they said the code word, whatever it was, you know, and it just like turned him into another person. That's crazy. But it happens. And it's Would not you fiction. say hypnosis is kind of something in like Satan's aroma? Absolutely. Hypnotism is a form of mind control, I'm certain. Because come on, you can't, I, I've seen a hypnotist actually in, in action. And you could say it was a fraud and a phony thing, but you can't tell 
you know, a, a, a grown man to say, when I snap my fingers, you're going to start clucking like a chicken or barking like a dog or whatever. And they do it. Now, and they, they have no recollection that they did it, you know. So that's some form of mind control. You yeah. Know? And it's really scary to think about when you aren't in control of your own mind. And that could be true through drugs, right? Yes. It, you know, if you might have known friends who have tripped out or something, I have in my lifetime, and they weren't in control of their actions. Yeah. And had no recollection of what they did the night before or whatever, you know. Well, when you're out of your own mind, that's where the phrase out of his mind comes from, <laughs> right? You don't know what spirits can get in there to control you. Yeah. And devils or demons could actually be doing things while you're not in your right mind, okay? So what is the motivation for all this? Well, why would men want to do this? Well, they want to control you, yes. But for what end? What is their purpose? Well, Paul tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Now, we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to ask you to cite it, but you're going to remember it <laughs> when I say, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Yes. And when you think about that, because we grew up probably, I bet you did too, just like me, because people say it wrong. They say money's the root of all evil. But money's just a tool. Yeah. You know, I can use money to buy groceries to feed my kids. Mm -hmm. That wasn't evil at all. You know, that was me being a responsible parent. You yeah. Know? But the love of money is the root of all evil. And then if we say, okay, the root of all evil, what was the first evil? Well, before man was made, Lucifer rebelled. Very true. Did he rebel for a love of money? And if he did, where was the money? Was there commerce and trade in an angelic civilization on the earth before man? And the answer has to be yes. Yeah. And that Satan, instead of doing an honest trade, like if you said to me, hey, Scott, I'm really good at making these craft things, and I need to hire you to come play guitar for my auntie's birthday wedding, birthday uh, party. <laughs> birthday okay. Wedding. Birthday party. I'm sorry, wedding. <laughs> so I'll trade you these crafts if you'll bring your band to play jazz. And we barter. Well, that's an even exchange. Yeah. So there's no, you're not trying to get an advantage of me because you make these wonderful crafts that I need because I want to surprise my wife, you know, for her <laughs> birthday. So right. it's a give and take, right? Yeah. But then if I want to rip you off and I, and I say, hey, I'll trade you these knickknacks that I made. They're worth a fortune for, you know, $1,000 and you give me $1,000 and you go check on eBay and they're not worth 20 bucks. And then I skipped town and I'm gone. <laughs> you know, I ripped you off. That's true. Because I was after your money. Yeah, I wasn't after your, your well-being. That's right. <laughs> so somehow Satan was doing something like that. And therefore he's using men to do it. And he says in uh, Luke chapter 4, and I, I bring this up time and time again, because I want people to understand that this is what molds and shapes my political perspective of the world. Would you say money gives you power? Oh, without question. Yeah. Without question, money gives you power. And actually, that's a perfect segue into the next verse I was going to read because oh. it was, no, literally, I mean, your timing is perfect <laughs> because it was the devil tempting Jesus himself in the wilderness. That's right. Right. With those kingdoms. Yes. The devil taking him up into a high mountain, verse five of Luke four, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. See, she remembers the kingdoms, right? <laughs> And the devil said unto him, and this is the, the sentence that to me is the politics of the world, all this power will I give thee. 
the power of all the kingdoms of the world. Mm -hmm. The power includes the wealth. It has to. Yeah. You wouldn't have power without money. Mm -hmm. So that's really the answer to your question. All this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So Christ was willing to wait for God's kingdom rather than to jump the gun and go with Satan's offer. But he didn't deny Satan had that power. He didn't say, Oh, you old liar, you don't have those kingdoms. He knew that he did. He just rejected the offer. Mm -hmm. So Satan turned around and said, Okay, if he won't take it, lesser men will. Very true. And the satanic global elite are comprised of lesser men. They think they're something, but they're not. And so they have their operatives. They are the ones that created the CIA and MK Ultra and everything else. Never mind KGB. I don't care what country. Mossad, you know, M MI6. Pick your country. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter. There's an organization that is satanically being operated to control your mind. And in this case, it's, the, it's MK Ultra. In 1994, a congressional subcommittee revealed that up to 500,000, that's half a million, unwitting Americans were endangered, damaged, or destroyed by secret CIA and military tests between 1940 and 1974. 34 years. And, and just because they got caught doing this didn't mean they stopped and became you know, on the narrow path, yeah. uh, on the straight path, you know. Given the deliberate destruction of all the records, the full truth of the MK Ultra victims will never be known, and certainly not the death toll. As the Inspector General of the U.S. Army later stated in a report to a Senate committee, in universities, hospitals, and research institutions, an unknown number of chemical tests and experiments were carried out with healthy adults with mentally ill, and with prison inmates. Wow. These are the words of the Inspector General of the U.S. Army. So this is not a conspiracy theory. This is what they proved in Senate hearings was actually done. Imagine what we don't know that they yeah. did. Yeah. Imagine what they're doing now. That's true. So that's why I say to people, you don't know the half of it. There were 149 sub projects listed under the umbrella of MK Ultra. Project Monarch has not been officially identified by any government documentation as one of the corresponding sub-projects, but is used rather as a descriptive catchphrase by survivors, therapists, and possible insiders. Now, you might recall, Zena, we talked about the symbolism of the occult once and the one I sign. Yes. Remember? And we talked about how it proliferates entertainment industry, models, rock stars, whatever, you know, everywhere. They're all doing it. And Project Monarch is a thing we're going to delve into in another podcast. It deserves its own whole thing. But it was a specific type of mind control, basically intended to groom young people in the entertainment industry to be controlled, to essentially shape and mold their audience's mindset for certain morals and values, okay? So I think of people like a, a Britney Spears or a Beyonce or a, I'm trying to think of some guys that are young and handsome, um, you know, uh, Kanye. No, 
Kanye's not young, but he he started young. He did. But he kind of is exposing some of this. He is. I think with what people are calling his mental breakdowns, I think is just him being like, look, like they control. I mean, it's it's crazy. I don't think people understand that when you sign these record deals, you're literally, it's like you're literally signing your soul away. And, and there's been several. In fact, so since I brought up Kanye, if you start looking at the history of rap artists, there's a lot of them that turn to Christ if they didn't get killed or die. Yeah. You know, a lot of them would die, like Tupac and all the rest. Yeah. Tupac, sorry. Oh, my God. That was, who's the guy that, and then Biggie, and then there's, uh, what's, what's his yeah, name? Biggie the one, Smalls. The one that's just really terrible, and I think they're going to put him in jail. Is it uh, Suge Knight? Like, yeah. he's a terrible person. I definitely think he's controlled by Satan. You know? Well, so so you got some of them controlled by Satan. You've got some of them that go, wait a minute, this is just going yes. so far against the grain. Yes. I can't even do this anymore. And some of them have become preachers. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them have become outspoken critics of the industry, whatever. And unfortunately, you know, thevigilantcitizen.com reveals a whole bu- a bunch about this. Yeah. If you want to go check them out. And I was trying to think, There's who's the little Canadian kid that Nobody oh, talking about, um, are you talking about Bieber. Justin Bieber? Bieber, yeah. So I said nobody likes. I guess he has a lot of people <laughs> that like him. I, I don't care for his music at all. But, <gasps> but well, I just, no, it's just too bubblegummy for me. But he, to me, seems like somebody that's off the deep end controlled. You yeah, know, now he's doing sure. the whole thing about, you know, the the, the pink teddy bears. And, and then the, the, the transgender thing is being like Harry Styles and they're all wearing dresses yeah. and stuff. That's being pushed hard. Don't think they're doing this willingly. And, and that every time you see that one eye sign, which it's done so much, you have to think, it's not a creative photographer out there. Yeah. Is there not one person out there that's involved in promotion that can come up with an original idea besides this? Yeah. You know, hiding one eye. They're not doing that because they think it's cool or clever. They're doing it because they're told to do it because it's the satanic global elite's way of saying to us, this is my monarch pet. Yeah. They are rich because we're allowing them to be rich because they're doing what we say to do. We have an agenda, uh, Billy Eilish, all of this. I mean, you would not believe the stuff they're promoting, you know. So I'm just saying that we'll do a whole episode of Project Monarch because yeah. and incidentally, the one I signed, you're going to if you look for that, look for something else. Butterflies. So now we've got checkerboards, one-eyed signs, and butterflies. And hence the term monarch. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. 
You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. The monarch butterfly, and not just any butterfly. You're not just going to see any pretty colored pastel butterflies, swallowtails or whatever. Yeah. You're going to see monarch butterflies. Okay. All over that one eye side thing. And they're the orange and black ones. They're real pretty, but that's the symbol of we created them to be a beta kitten sex slave okay, or whatter. So we'll get into that in more detail. What about goats? Goats. Well, goat is the symbol of Baphomet, which was one of those satanic occult symbols, you know? Mm -hmm. So he's like an androgynous uh, satyr, part man, part goat. Yeah. So he's got like goat legs, but he's male and female on the top. Yeah, like um, Percy Jackson, the, the one character. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Oh, that's right. Percy Jackson. I remember that movie. That was good. So back to the thing, the media are being basically the satanic high priests to help keep this thing going. Evidently, whatever they were able to discover in all these experiments under MK Ultra, though they might have been quote unquote exposed in the Senate hearings and it ended in 1974. Yeah. Don't think they just stopped. They took what they learned. Because the CIA wasn't disbanded. The FBI wasn't disbanded. You know, mm -hmm. They took what they learned, and now they use those techniques to control the masses through Hydra, through the media and everything else. Mm -hmm. Mass media is the most powerful tool used by the ruling class to manipulate the masses. It shapes and molds opinions and attitudes and defines what is normal and acceptable. And this is from VigilantCitizen.com. I recommend anybody want to go check it out and do. He's done the research. Uh, he, I don't know his name because he doesn't give his name, but he's done the research on it. It's incredible what you'll discover there. And what I want to let you know is he's right about that because the Bible tells us yeah. that what's happening is Satan blinding the minds of them. Last episode, we read it. I'm going to read it again in Ephesians chapter 2 because we were talking about the prince of the power of the air. And in chapter 2, verse 2, we read, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So prince of the power of the air, we talked about airwaves. We talk about media being disseminated through the airwaves, creeping into houses, right? Yes. You know, and like today, you can't almost see a, a you can't look at a kid that's a, a kid. A, a, to me, everyone's a kid below thirty, <laughs> you know, without their face buried in a phone. Oh yeah, I mean, know, I, or, they all have like tablets, and that's just right, constantly oh, yeah. being fed information. Yeah, but only the authorized information, only the allowed information, the yeah. propaganda, the mind control. So he's the prince of the power of the air waves, right? Controlling the mind. And when he talks about, we all had our conversations in times past in the lust of our flesh, you've heard the expression in the advertising agency, sex sells. Yes. So why do you put a gorgeous girl in a bikini in a car ad? 
because sex sells. Yeah. The, the girl's going to get the attention of the guy they're trying to sell the car to. You know, or some other means though it you know you can it doesn't matter which role you can you can reverse it it's always the same something is designed to distract you to look so that they can subliminally say you need a new truck you know yeah because if you do the gorgeous girl in the bikini will want to ride with you in your truck you know <laughs> So something subliminal there. Not true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That that is true. If you if you look like me, yes. you don't have a chance. <laughs> so how did this happen? How did all this come to be? Where this was? Uh, I, I don't want to say allowed or permitted, but it goes all the way back to when man turned against God. When man started his rebellion. Just about to say that. Oh, I should have. So you know, my problem is I ask questions and I don't give you a chance to answer. That's why I talk too much. Okay. So the my promise is the next question I ask, I'm going to pause and I'm going to let you answer because she knew the answer. (laughs) Okay. You're right. You're supposed to be the voice of the audience. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) So we'll go to Romans chapter one. Now Paul lays out really what happened in the beginning. You know, man. We know about the original sin with Adam and Eve, but as man began to populate in the earth, he didn't get any better, right? So we're kind of looking all the way back there in verse 21 of chapter 1 of the book of Romans. He writes, because that when they knew God, mankind, when they knew him, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And interestingly enough, the word imagination, the root word is image, and in the Bible, an image is an idol. So their imaginations was idolatry. Okay. They thought, well, we're going to worship this other god, and there's a bird there. I'm going to make a god that looks like a bird. Or there's a lion. I'm going to make a god that looks like <laughs> a lion or a bull. You know. So they became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Mm-hmm. Professing themselves to be wise, look at us. We have AI. We have <laughs> gene manipulation. We can, we can test to lab animals, right? And things like that. They're doing it, right? Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God Mm -hmm. into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, and here it is, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And so ultimately what happened was when man turned to idolatry, Satan blinds him from the truth of God, so he uses lust to manipulate man to do everything evil that he wants. You know, So it may be that the love of money is the root of all evil, but once if that's what Satan's agenda is, he's been around man long enough to know how to push his buttons. So he uses the girl in the bikini to sell the truck. Yeah. You know, he's going to use uh, some sort of like when they when we talked about Moloch and they worshipped him to burn their children in the fire to him, it was because he was a fertility god. And if you sacrifice your first child, I'll give you 10 more. So it always comes down to something that's sexual in a bad way. Yeah. Abusing what God created to be bad. Okay? Yeah. So we're going to talk about what does that mean that he gave them up to uncleanness. All right. For that, we go to the book of Acts, chapter 14. We're going to get a Bible understanding of this so that we can sort of know why, why we come to this, right? Mm-hmm. So in Acts, chapter 15, the apostle Paul went to Athens, Greece, and they're filled with idols. He's walking down the corridor in Mars Hill, and there's idol after idol after idol. And he sees all these gods and statues, and he says, 
you men are too superstitious. And he sees this one image, it says, to the unknown God. So he says, hmm, if they don't know who he is, I'm going to tell them about him. So he begins to uh, preach to them about God. And I got ahead of myself. Uh, this is not Acts 17. This is Acts 14. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a great setup for another chapter. But in this case, he's actually not in Athens. He's in a place called Lycaonia, which is in what we would call southern Turkey today. Okay. And the people there do worship other gods. But it's not that he's walking down this pantheon of gods and statues. It's just that they uh, heal a guy. Paul and Barnabas, being apostles, heal a guy that was lame all his life, and the people of the region thought they were gods because they did this. So they think that Paul is Mercury and Barnabas is Jupiter, and they bring the priests of Jupiter, and they're going to sacrifice oxen to them. And Paul's like, no, 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 don't do this. So he says, <laughs> Sirs, why do you these things? Verse 15. We also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities, gods, yeah. unto the living God, which made heaven and earth, God the creator, and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. So somewhere in the past, God said, all right, fine. You don't want to worship me? Go do what you want. And he let them go. He suffered them to walk in their own ways. And because when, if you think about the Nephilim and the flood of Noah, he killed everybody. Yeah. You know, right? But that's because they were hybrids, right? So afterwards, when men began to walk, men began to corrupt themselves and worship idols instead of destroying them all, he just said, you know what? Fine. I'll let you go. You go do what you want to do. I'm going to find one righteous man, and I'll make of him a great nation. And that's how Abraham got his start. But interestingly, he says in the next verse, nevertheless, he, God, left not himself without witness. So they turned, and they didn't want to worship him as God, but he left a witness of himself. And how did he do that? In that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. So every day when the sun rose and it shone on the crops and then the rain would come and they would grow and they would be able to harvest and eat, he was trying to show them, look, I'm still here. Yeah. If I wasn't here, you would all starve to death and die because I wouldn't let the sunshine or the rain come. Yeah. And yet they didn't turn back to him. So that brings me to the thing I was going to say a moment ago when I gave this nice buildup <laughs> about Paul in Athens and I was in the wrong chapter. So now I will go to the right chapter, chapter 17. So after pointing out you're worshiping all these gods and you don't even know the one that I'm going to tell you about, in verse 24 of chapter 17, he tells them about this God. Yeah. Kind of like he was telling the people in Lycaonia. And he says, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, meaning you don't need to build little images. He doesn't need anything, seeing he gives life to all and breath to all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Now let me talk about that meaning, because that's an old English phrase, bounds is short for boundaries. So you know what boundaries are. You know? Yes. Hey, respect my boundaries, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, boundaries also means like of a nation. So the United States is bounded by Canada on the north, Mexico on the south, Pacific on the west, Atlantic on the east. 
Those are the boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. You could say coasts or borders. Okay. It's the same thing. So let's say borders. And the borders of their habitation. Habitation is where you dwell, like a habitat, okay? So he determined and appointed the bounds of men's habitations. He's talking about their nations. He didn't, you know, he didn't arbitrarily decide, okay, I'm going to put you in France, you in Germany, you in China, yeah. you in Australia. But there are people all over the world, mm -hmm. and they grew up uh, totally unaware of one another. Say the Aborigines in Australia knew nothing about the Inuits of Canada. Or the people in the Philippines knew nothing about the Aztecs in South America. Yeah. And yet they all were bound in their countries, in their languages, you know. Same blood, same red blood were all the human race, but they worshipped gods and built their own architecture and yeah. had their own language and writing and everything else. And he did this, he says, that they should seek the Lord. Now, why do you think separating mankind into all these remote places to find him, why would he do that? Well, didn't he do that because there was, I mean, I'm probably thinking a little far back, but weren't they like trying to build a pyramid in order to reach the angels? Okay, you are brilliant because it's so funny. Remember I said a minute ago, I keep answering my own questions. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it refers to, that the Tower of Babel. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. That's when they were all unified in one people but they built this tower in opposition to God. It was defined. That's when he separated them. Yeah, because then they like start, they kind of just wandered and like they weren't, they weren't able, like they weren't able to talk to one another because maybe over here they spoke English and then they spoke, you know, uh, Spanish over here and French over here, but you didn't know who to talk to because he just was like, there you go. That is now exactly you go here right. And you go there. And the whole point of doing that wasn't just to punish them for building something that he didn't approve of, but it was so that they wouldn't be unified under Nimrod, a type of Antichrist, mm -hmm. in defiance against God, and maybe they would pray and seek him. And say, Lord, come down and help us, you know? Yeah. And he gives them rain, he gives them food, he gives them things. And yet for all that, they still don't seek him. He says if happily they might seek him, in other words, it could, come, it could happen, they might find him. But he looked and there was none to, to seek after yeah. him. Yeah. So you say it goes way back. You're right. It goes all the way back to Genesis. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, in verse 7, we read these words. Remember the days of old. This is Moses writing. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father and he will show thee. Thy elders and they will tell thee. In other words, this used to be known by our, our grandfathers, you know. Mm -hmm. When the Most High, another reference to God, divided to the nations their inheritance, their borders, their habitation. When he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people now watch this, according to the number of the children of Israel. He set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. That's an interesting thing we're going to have to delve into sometime. Do you think the number of children of Israel was uh, 144,000? No, but you're onto something. 
I think the tribes of Israel, so the children of Israel are 12 sons, mm -hmm. so 12 tribes. So I don't think he's talking about the children of Israel as in the entire population of the nation, because okay. there could have been millions, you know. But I think that it's very possible that 12 is a governmental number, and it's a divine government. It's God's mm -hmm. government. When we talked about the New Jerusalem and the city, there's all these 12s, yes. you know, 12,000 furlongs and 12 gates and 12 foundations and all that stuff. So it has something to do with God's divine government. I think that somehow the 12 tribes of Israel are going to rule over the nations, ultimately. And so the nations are divided up into their categories. So whichever number of nations ultimately there ends up being, there's something yeah. like 188 Mm -hmm. nations today but i don't know how many there's actually going to be because like there's a nation like the smallest nation is like kiribitu or something it's these tiny little islands in the south pacific that you could never find without a map you know? <laughs> and yet there's there's a number of, you know maybe there's less than a hundred thousand people but it's a nation mm -hmm. right so that may not be one of the actual nations uh, ultimately i don't know which ones they're going to be but um when there are divided out i'll bet you this tribe is over these groups, and this tribe is over these groups. Yeah. So Levites over this, Reuben over this, Gad over this, Asher over this, Judah, whatever. So somehow they're going to be divided in the end there. But all this pointing to the fact that they were given up in the past, a long time ago, the Tower of Babel. And I'll skip that part since you already shared with it, because that's, <laughs> that's exactly where we were going to go with that. And so now when you think about it, that was a one-world global government. Yeah. God scattered them because he didn't want that. He wanted nations. And in the new heaven and the new earth, there are nations, plural, right? And they're going to be divided according to the children of Israel. That is God's divine government. So Nimrod's unification process was contrary to God's purpose, yeah. God's will. Well, what do you think the world is trying to do now? They're trying to bring a one world government. And even the back of your dollar bill says... Novus Ordo Seclorum, New World Order, yeah, announcing the birth of the New World Order. That was even one of those satanic symbols. The all-seeing eye is in the very seal of the United States. Yeah. You know, So what is happening right now is being referred to as the Great Reset. They're taking advantage of COVID. And let me read another quote. The pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. Those are the words of Professor Klaus Schwab, who is the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. Now, you can have your suspicions about COVID, but I've got mine based on this. Yeah. He wrote a book. It's called COVID-19, The Great Reset. And in that book, Klaus Schwab repeatedly calls for COVID-19 to be weaponized to usher in the Great Reset, also known as the New Normal. That's what he came up with, saying that the crisis must not go to waste. On page 115 of his book, he writes, Strong interconnections exist between global governance failure, climate action failure, national government failure, with which it has a self-reinforcing effect social instability, and of course, the ability to successfully deal with pandemics. In a nutshell, global governance is at the nexus of all these other issues. And what he means is we can't solve our problems unless we get rid of the nation state and unify in a single global governance. 
which is what the Antichrist is going to use to take over. Yeah. He continues, therefore, the concern is that without appropriate global governance, we will become paralyzed in our attempts to address and respond to global challenges, particularly when there is such a strong dissonance between short-term domestic imperatives and long-term global challenges. This is a major worry, considering that there is today no committee to save the world. The expression was used more than 20 years ago at the height of the Asian financial crisis. So in other words, how are they going to control all the world in a single global governance when there's all these nations? And the answer is very disturbing. Population control. You've got to reduce the population in order to control them because there's 7 billion people on this planet. That's so funny you say that. I had a client not too long ago that I was waxing, and um, we were talking about COVID, and basically she was stating that, in a nutshell, that basically uh, that it was okay that we lost a couple million people and that, like, Like that, that it's fine. Like you know that for a couple million people to die, and I just thought, Wowzers, is this what the world has come to? And did she explain why she said that? No, she just kind of, she was just kind of like we're overpopulated. Like I think it's okay if we, if a couple million people die. Oh, oh, she did explain it. Sorry. Yeah, that's it. That's (laughs) what I mean. Why why did she say that? Because we're overpopulated. Yeah. She told you those words. Yes. Okay. So that's what's going on. Do you know who is behind funding? of most of the research of the Wuhan labs, where the virus supposedly came from? No. A very rich man. Uh, Does it start with an R? No. Did you give me a hint? Windows, Microsoft. No way. Bill Gates. Really? Yes. Do you know who's also been a strong proponent of population control? Are you gonna say Jeff Bezos? Bill Gates. Oh, just Bill Gates? Okay. What I'm saying is he's just one. Okay. He's one satanic pawn. Okay, he's a powerful power broker. He's a rich billionaire. But he's been advocating for reduction in the Earth's population for years through sterilization programs in Africa. Yeah. Through the creation of vaccines. Yeah. Okay. In other words, population control is where this is all headed. But I thought in China, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that they were only allowed to have one child. Well, that's the official state means of population control. But you're still talking about a country of almost 2 billion people. Yeah. One nation. Well, they're not the most populous. India is the most populous. So both India and China make up almost almost 4 billion of the Earth's population, almost half. Whoa. The Earth's population, just those two nations. So yeah, there is a there are measures in effect because what is that government, by the way, in China? It's communism. Yeah. So the state controls everything. Could you imagine in America passing a law that says you're only allowed to have one child? People would lose their minds because I'm trying to have a law. Yeah, <laughs> they would lose their mind. But the only way they could ever pass such a law is to in implement Marxism. Yeah. And and that's what they're pushing for. So all these little separate agendas we discussed last week that might seem on the surface to be Mm well-meaning, 
are they're being controlled to bring about this. Okay. Population control. So because we're out of time now, we're going to have to make a part two of MK Ultra because I want to get a little bit more into that, but we're going to save that for the next week because ultimately what this comes down to is the World Economic Forum is pushing for the Great Reset, and the timing of it is fascinating because they call it Agenda 2030. And remember when we talked about after two days he will raise us up in the book of Hosea? Yes. Something about a year with a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. Mm -hmm. Well, the timing of it seems to be working out to be Christ was crucified in AD 33. 2023 would be, or 33 rather, would be 2,000 years exactly, or two days. Now that's a Julian calendar. I get that. Mm -hmm. God used the Hebrew calendar, but it still equates to about the same kind of thing. So we're going to delve into that a little bit and see if we can figure out, is do we possibly know a timing? And is Agenda 2030 the middle of the 70th week of Daniel? Mind-blowing. It is. So we'll save that for next week. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.